Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome, Welcome to, the to Business episode Breakthrough 86 Podcast. of the Business and Breakthrough Podcast. Host, Today I've Esty got a good Rand. friend and fantastic guy joining us, Caleb Williams. Welcome to the show. It's so, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Guys, do you already hear his good energy? You can hear him already. Now you know why we're friends already. We didn't even start talking. Um, so Caleb is the founder and CEO of Better Wealth Solutions, a company committed to show people how to be more efficient and control their money today while maximizing their future wealth potential. At an early age, Caleb read every financial book he could get his hands on and was fascinated with the idea of ordinary people being able to achieve extraordinary wealth. Now, I'm sorry. I feel like that sounds good. Extraordinary people, <laughs> extraordinary wealth. Great bio. While still in college, he was promoted to take over the entire investment division at a local community bank. We committed to finding a better way to wealth for his clients. He traveled across the country for over two years, learning from the top financial advisors in the country. He eventually discovered proven strategies and principles that can empower anyone to create and protect real wealth. Excited to share and impact as many lives as possible, Caleb authored a book called The and assets, um, which he's going to tell us more about, but it's basically how you can kind of have your cake and eat it too. Hosts the Better Wealth podcast and speaks around the world. He has a true passion for financial education and is on a mission to help people see and reach their highest potential. Love the bio, dude. Great job. I, I know it's it's rare, it's rare, but when people actually read it, it's it's been fun. And I have to say this, and your audience knows this about you, but meeting you has been such a blessing. And Aww. you just. Full, full of energy, and we were, it was just meant to be a, a, a friendship made in heaven. So I thank you. It's a pleasure being on here, and I'm, I'm excited to see what we talk about today. Oh, thanks so much. Me too. So we are going to – I, like, almost don't want to spoil the fun, but I almost want to, like, hit us with, like, a hot button from the beginning. So I think I'm just going to go for the second thing, which is the way you um, – your biggest push is for, like, life insurance – accounts and leveraging them and using them. And it's, I've heard, you were the first person I really learned about it from. And right. since then I've heard people say, oh my gosh, it's the greatest thing. And people say, oh my gosh, it's the stupidest, worst thing. And people yep. say, oh my gosh, I got trapped in that for five years. Don't ever listen to anyone who tells you to do it. And people who say, wow, it's a genius strategy as long as you can put, so I'm going to just jump us straight in there for anyone who's never heard of it. Let's explain it to them. And for all those people who have, or who for the second they first start mentioning it, Right. everyone's got a really strong opinion about these. hundred percent. I love that we're jumping right in. Essentially, if someone was going to ask me to summarize what the and asset is, the, the, the title of my book is the and asset and the subtitle is the secret way to save and use your money at the same time. The thesis of the and asset is this, your greatest financial need is using money, especially as an entrepreneur. If you are, if you feel like you are your number one asset, meaning I believe the number one investment you can make is in yourself. If you're an entrepreneur listening to this, don't starve the thing that's feeding you to begin with, okay? Then the number one thing that you need to be doing with your money is taking back control. And I feel, and this is, I mean, this is a fact, is Wall Street is, is giving, us, uh, giving us things that we, that we should put our money at, whether it's 401ks, IRAs, SEP IRAs, whatever. And, and what we're doing is we're ultimately giving up control over our money. And that has a short-term consequence and a long-term consequence. And, and one of the ideas of the and asset is don't choose between someday in the future and now in the present. The reason why life insurance, and by the way, 
99% of life insurance is, is garbage. <laughs> and that's why the reason it gets a bad rap is if people don't understand how this is properly designed and if, if it's not designed well and not coached well, it's really not a great thing. But one set up and used properly, it's not only one of the most flexible savings places, but you can take a dollar, you can put it into an overfunded, overfunding means we're reverse engineering how life insurance was designed in the first place, and your money will grow the rest of your life without ever paying taxes, losses, or fees. So a lifetime growth rate is far greater than a retirement, and it's conservative. It may be 3 or 4% tax-free, which is an equivalent, taxable equivalent to like a 7 or 8%. Nothing crazy. But you also can utilize your capital at the same time to invest in your marketing campaign or invest in your business or to do the things that you want to do that hopefully will bring in more money. And you're not taking your money, you're borrowing against it. And you efficiently, you essentially have a dollar that's continuing to grow the rest of your life, but you still have use and control over that to do the things that you love. And, and that's where that, I mean, that's in a nutshell, what we do is we help people get super clear on what they want, be really efficient with their money that they have, redirect that into an asset that will give them lifetime growth, but also full control over their capital, and then coach them on how to use their money throughout their life so that they can hopefully be 10xing while all their money is going to grow the rest of their life. And when you get a dollar doing two things rather than one, it's a game changer. Love it. I love it. That was such a good answer. Okay. We're going to go deeper into this because I feel like the audience, if they've never heard of these overfunded yeah, like, insurance accounts, they're like, what is going on? <laughs> what just happened? But I think they did understand that I like put you in the hot seat and you like took it with like a cool breeze and a margarita. That was awesome. I you love you are the first <laughs> podcast that I've been on that went right to the point. So I, I appreciate <laughs> that. I've been meaning to ask you the question anyways on our own. I figured what better way to do it than in a public forum? Hey. <laughs> Um, fine. So I'm going to jump back to that in a little bit um, because I want people to now get a bit of a sense. How did you get to know this much? How did you yeah. get here? And, and, and I'll take you back to 12 years old. If, if you're, you're probably listening to me right now, but if you were seeing me on camera, you'd be like, how in the world is a 15 year old telling me about this whole money thing? Like I, <laughs> I, I, I'm blessed with a young, I, I'm, I guarantee you it's going to pay off like 20 years from now. But right now I, I suffer with uh, looking like I'm 15. But when I was 12 years old, I had one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. I don't know if you can relate to this, but I was in front of my peer group at a, at a, a, um, a camp with a bunch of my peers and totally forgot my line. In fact, took out my, my uh, card that I had written on, on my line in case I forgot and, and, and embarrassingly sounded out every single word. See, Ooh. I was super short for my age and I still struggle with dyslexia to this day. And I came to my mom that, that, uh, the next day and just in tears and just frustrated because my younger sister was taller than me, which didn't make me feel that great. I hated playing games like apples to apples because I literally couldn't read. And I just, my confidence wasn't there. And, and my mom, who's incredible, I'm the oldest of six kids. So I know you have a, a big family as well. And my mom just took me under her wing and said, Caleb, the things that you can't control, don't worry about your height. You, ha you have no control over the things that you can control go all in. And little did I know that that principle at 12 years old would mean so much to me in, in the, in at 23, I'm, I'm not old, <laughs> I'm still young, but like at 23 years old, as I help people, entrepreneurs all across the country, as it relates to their money. And my, my first official job, I worked at a chicken farm. I, I literally processed chickens and started making money 
for for that job and and I started like falling in love with our money start working for us and I and I at 16 years old I wanted to do something in the industry of helping truly helping someone reach their highest potential as it relates to money got a job at a bank at 17 at the age of 19 I ended up taking over the bank's investment department which is totally unheard of yeah, can we just say a little bit of a prodigy? But one second, you said something weird. At 16-year-old, what did you do with your money that got you all into the money? Oh, I started reading books. I started investing in the stock market, did option trading, was going to do a real estate deal. Like I just, at 16 years old, I started reading. And, and it, what was fascinating was I had over $10,000 saved up. I was like really proud of myself. That's and impressive like, for working on a chicken farm. I don't spend money, by the way. I'm, I'm pretty tight with my money. And, and I'm like, man, my money can start working for me. And before that, I never thought of my money actually working for me. I, was, I grew up in an amazing house. My parents aren't entrepreneurs, but we were told to be frugal. So I got the whole saving part. But thinking about my money actually serving me for the rest of my life was something that I never even thought of. And then when I, thought, when, when I actually started learning about this, I'm like, why are my friends all broke? I mean, why is everyone so broke, Esty? Like, I don't understand. Because uh, they spend so much more than they earn because they live with shiny object syndrome because they, they don't understand what money is and how it right. works. They look at money as a vehicle to fulfill their immediate desires, something that's painful to acquire and pleasant to get rid of. Yeah, I, that's, beautifully, that's beautifully said. I, I'm glad that this is recorded. I, I could never like, say I, I'm it like, again. I'm like, I'm trying to think. I'm like, I don't even know where to, uh, to go back to that. But, but here's the deal. I mean, money is a tool. And, yeah. and the sad reality is this, and I'm, I'm getting deep, is so many people are slaves in their life because they are working the same thing that they think they want, but it's actually controlling their life. And if you take a step back and understand that money is just merely a tool to serve people and to live the life that you want to live, it's it, it's a game changer. It's, I mean, money will not change your life. It will it'll enhance. If you're a bad person, it'll make you worse. And if you're a great person, it'll give you the opportunities to serve and help more people. And I've just I just went, when I was 19 at the bank, I just saw so many people not living up to a fraction of their potential because of lack of knowledge. And so that on that day, I was like, if my mission is to help people see and reach their highest potential, I'm going to do everything that I can everything in my that I can to truly help someone get results. And that's what started the the journey of two and a half years called authors. I hate reading and I read hundreds of books on money, called authors, traveled, and and right now at, at the age of 23 have a company that is serving people all around the country and I'm one of the most connected people in this industry, mainly because everyone takes credit for me because they're like, oh we we helped Caleb grow up. And I, I love that they take credit for that. And I'm so grateful that they're in my life. And we are now on a mission to ensure a million people. You want to talk about, you want to talk about a big audacious goal. I believe that this will change America. And the only way that we change America is if we change the way that we start seeing and doing our lives and our money. And, and there's one other thing I want to really get deep on if you're listening to this is ROR is what a lot of people think ROR stands for is rate of return. And we've been seduced by this fact of if something is going to give you a better rate of return, you should do, you should put all your money in that. And so many people are putting their money in places that's going to determine how they live their life based on ROR. And we reverse that and say, what, what if ROR stood for return on result? Like Ooh. what, what do you actually want? Like, what is your why? If money wasn't an issue at all, what would you be doing? That's why people are working with you. 
I've That's seen, cute. I've seen people that have worked with you that have come alive because you help them get clear on what they want. And then once you get clarity on what that is, shouldn't your money just help and support that life? And that's what, we, that. that's, that's what we get super clear on. And you'd be shocked how many people are unclear what they actually want. And that's why we are so broken as a society is no one, everyone's walking around with no clue what they're doing. They just need the latest iPhone and then they'll be happy. That's right. <laughs> if I only had the newer iPhone and not my old broken iPhone, life would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. So 19 year old, you're working in the bank, you're running the place. We're not going to say prodigy. We're just going to think it. And uh, at what age did you decide to run your own company? As 21 years old. I actually graduated college a year early. I was homeschooled. My parents did an amazing job. And actually when my mom said, control the things that you can control, I was a typical oldest and I'm like, I'm going to go all in. And so I, I worked really hard in high school and ended up graduating a year early. And I remember, you know, sitting in my office I was going to take a full-time position and I had it set. I mean, I, I had the, I had a dream, dream job, right? Graduating college full-time. It, it was amazing. Second largest office in the bank. Like, okay. And I, I remember looking cool. at, I remember looking at my mission statement that hangs on my wall to this day, help people see and reach their highest potential. And here I'm sitting in central Wisconsin at a bank. Only the way that I could help people is if they come to me. And banks are super regulated. And, you know, the, the cool thing is they gave me a ton of credibility. The problem is you couldn't really do what I wanted to do with, as far as marketing goes. And I remember thinking, I, if I'm truly going to be not full of crap, I, I actually need to start my own business. And I was scared. And that, that was probably one of the toughest things that I had to walk away from because JG, my, like a second father to me, the person that gave me a shot at the bank, the CEO of the bank, was like a second father to me. I dedicated my book to him. And to, and to walk away from that, it was really, really difficult. And I'm looking at you and saying, it was the best decision of my life. And I know that there's some people listening to this that are in the process of making a tough decision. I'm not saying do like quit your job and do this. I'm just saying like, don't live life with regret. And I would have regretted playing it safe. And I'm standing to, we, we totally had a tough, I mean, it's been a tough journey. You know this. Yeah. But we are Have you able ever to- heard anyone say, I quit my job to be a business owner and it was the worst decision of my life? I feel like everyone I talk to always says it was the best one. Like well, no one's ever said to me, I quit my job and it was the worst idea. Well, and, and the, the thing is, even if it doesn't work out, usually you can look back and say, I, I wouldn't be where I am if I, you, you can always get another job. You can always no. get another job. I had someone last night, he just quit his job. One of, my, one of my clients had just quit his job. He'd been building a business on the side and he realized he couldn't build it fully while he was yep. still working. So he left his job. They've already offered him another position which he turned down. And then the same company just offered him like a even prettier position. And yes. this is just a test. Do you really want this or not? I said, right. because if you can make a go of this now and they're successful, right? Business is growing. It's not earning as much as the job is offering him, you know, a, ni a nice yep. six figure plus um, salary to try to win him back. I said, probably that job will still be there if you want to go back to yep. it in six months or even two years because everyone can hire is not as good as you. And you know yeah. what? If not, you could find another job. Yep. You think someone else wouldn't hire if you want to go back and get a job? You can. Yep. So yep. if this is what you want, this is what you want to go for. It's just fear. Yeah. And, and okay. I'm glad we're going here. Think and grow rich. Yeah. That book helped me identify what I was really afraid of. And it was, so I was afraid of poverty, which is interesting because I've never, I've grown up in an amazing house 
I will never be on the streets because people like you wouldn't let me be on the streets. No, you can come. So why am I actually afraid of, (laughs) you can, you can actually go deeper. I'm actually afraid of looking like a failure to the people that love me the most. And I had to get over that. And I'm still working on that. But this last year has been big. It's like, I really don't care what you think of me. Not from a disrespectful point of view, but I really don't. Because there's going to be, and once, that's so freeing. (laughs) It's so freeing when you can live your life in a way that is not based on what other people think of you. And, and quite frankly, the reason why most people are being held back is, is the opinions of others. And that's totally. plain and simple. So my good friend, mentor, former podcast guest, um, Peter Sage, he's got a great phrase. Rudy calls it goop. Most people live their life stuck in goop. And that's why they don't get anywhere. Goop is the good opinion of other people. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's all it is. It's, and it, it, all it is is goop. You're just stuck in it. If you step out, you can do and be anything. Yeah. I love that. Okay, wait, so we were we? So we started the company at 21 years old and, and you had a vision for it, but at, but at day one, you were just you. Yeah, I, my vision early on was, how could I make money <laughs> helping people online? But, but really the vision was this. I believe when set up and used properly, life insurance, whole life insurance is the greatest place to save and use your money. So how and did I also, you even get into that? Like, were you into that before you started? No, the no, I had no desire. I thought life insurance when I first started the bank was the worst place to put your money, like most of it is. But I went to a, a class that helped people pay off debt and they, I, I couldn't figure out why they were using life insurance in the debt pay down. And then the, the instructor, after I asked him a million questions, said, Caleb, I don't think you understand how life insurance works. And he was right. That's what made me go on an obsessive you know, mission, I, I ended up going, I spent $5,000 on a course, not a course, a, a workshop. Granted, I don't like to spend money. But when it comes to investing in myself, I always intuitively got that. And I felt like I got a master's in money. And, and I had my epiphany of I'm like, if people understood what I know, there'd be a line outside the door. And so we're fully virtual. We, we work with people all around the country. We have education, we have a book, we have a podcast. And our, our whole model is, we're just going to educate you and show you the power of this. And then we are going to be, we are, we are the best company that help you implement. And we have a four-step process that it's not just products. Like if you don't understand the process and the foundation, and you just try to talk about products, you, you're going to, again, ultimately be broken. You're not truly going to get served well. And then when you, you see that transformation, it's just becomes super addicting. And that's, that's where we're at. And that's, that's, that was my vision that's grown. And now we have eight people on the team and, we're just, I'm just been blown away. I've been blown away by the people that are reaching out to us. We, ha- we have over 4,000 copies of the book out in the world. I've been asked to speak at industry events to people that have been in the, in the business longer than I've been alive. And also <laughs> I've had the opportunity, I mean, our mutual friend, Pete Vargas, um, he's been a great resource for me on how to, the, the art and the science and how to win a stage and to share this message. And, and it's plain and simple. If you are your greatest asset, you need to take control of your life and over your money. And this is the best place to save your money and control it. And if you understand that efficiency is a combination of, a, of compounding and control, if you can maximize both the compound value of a dollar and control that dollar throughout your life, you'll win every time. And the people that, that will say that this doesn't work, they're usually only looking at it like an investment, which is it's never meant to be. And so they're comparing it there and they don't get the and aspect. If you compare this to other things, if you had to compare this to should you do this or your business, unless you're a pretty terrible business person, I would probably recommend your business. 
But if okay, you don't so have let's to break it down. Let's let's go back to the beginning, right? So yeah. I like to break things down super super simple, and this is something that again I think it confounds a lot of people. You're the first person who explained it to me in any way that I was able to grasp yeah. it, and then even after that, anyone that I spoke to, majority of them were like, "Stupid idea, terrible idea, don't do it, don't listen to him." And I'm just like. No, because there's something that I understood from Caleb that I feel like you guys don't get. So I want to break the whole thing down. So step one, you need money, right? This is not yeah. something, this is not a job. This is not a business. This is not a salary. You need to start with money. This is an investment strategy. And so it's a place that if you have enough money to um, live on already, right? This is not where you yep. would put the money that you need for your groceries or your gasoline, right. right? So this is when you have enough money to live on and you're looking for a place to invest your money that it should produce a return for you of some sorts. Right. Now you have options. Options are 401ks and Roth IRAs, real estate, um, whole bunch of different things. Um, and another option is what you call whole life insurance. Right. Okay. So just because I wanted people to understand like where we're even at, like right. that, this is the starting point guys. Starting point is this is what we might call not extra money, but extra money, right? Like, you totally. have- and by the way, if you don't have $10,000 a year to put in this, it's not that we can't help you, but this strategy may not be the best for you right now. Yeah, like no, start, it, it- start with just getting yourself to the point that you have $10,000 a year extra to put right. somewhere. That's a great that's goal. That's the start. Yeah, that's the start. Yeah. That's the starting line. And then, and yes, yeah, so you're right. You have all these products and I want to even, when you say whole life, I get really anxious because most whole life is terrible. Okay. What, what makes what we do unique is we are getting the least amount of insurance and overpaying as much money as we can for that little insurance. Why? Because that little bit of insurance is the actual cost. It's not a fee because it's a permanent. It's a permanent benefit that you'll your your legacy will you know have someday. But it's still a drag on your money. So we want to minimize that and maximize all the other benefits. Where this gets a bad idea, and when people say like I've been locked into this and it's been awful, it's been because they, it hasn't been set up properly. And yeah, and I sent you, coaching. I want to call, I want to just give you credit because I had a guy, one of my clients who had gotten stuck in one of these in a bad way and he was stuck paying out like a crazy amount of money every month. And I sent yeah. you and your contact helped him get out of it. So thank yep. you. Yep. No, I'm <laughs> public. My <pleasure>. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure. <laughs> um, okay. So, so let's break down how this thing works. So whereas you can put money in any of these other things, right? So you put money in real estate, you own a space and you get paid out from the rental income that comes into it. You put money in a Roth IRA and they lock it in and they give you a certain amount of interest, you know, and the principal matures and, you know, these are just all financial products. So what is this whole life insurance thing? Not as term life insurance, like, Hey, I'm paying in money so that if something happens to me, my family will have money because they won't have me. Um, but as an investment strategy, just like break it down, super simple. What is even the thought behind this? Right. So if you're investing in a 401k or IRA, though, think of those as, or assets. Okay. If your money's in a Roth, it's in there or you take it out. Does that make sense? So if you take it out yeah. to invest in your business, awesome. Your business is doing its thing. Your money's no longer growing. If your money's in your savings account and you take it out, your money's no longer growing. What I'm first of all fascinated by is once you save a dollar, that dollar has a lifetime value. For instance, if you have $100,000 over 40 years at just a mere 4%, 
that $100,000 would grow to just under half a million. So by spending that $100,000 on whatever, you're giving up what that could grow long-term. Does that make sense? So what separates life insurance over all the other investments is it's the only financial vehicle that you can save your money in it and you will get that long-term conservative growth. But you can also borrow against the, the cash value or the equity in the plan to do the th- other things that you want and your money still grows. In the first year of doing that, it's not going to change your life. Where it's life-changing is all the money that ever comes into your control can be put in a place that's going to do two things for you rather than one. Life insurance is not an investment. I, I will cr- critique you. It's not an investment set strategy. It's at, actually a better saving strategy that will give you an investment enhancers as you invest in yourself. Or you, We have a ton of people doing real estate. Actually, I have a guy in my podcast today that I'm going to be interviewing that is all about real estate. And he does the strategy with real estate. And it's the perfect two-asset combination because now he's gone. Are doing two things rather than one. As an entrepreneur, I'm... I mean, I'm, I'm saving over six figures a year into strategies like this. I'm able to have capital for my business, but my money's going to be growing the rest of my life. I, it's not a get rich quick thing, but now I'm just being a good steward with money. I'd never want to give that money. I don't want to give up control, but over my lifetime, I'm going to look back and say, wow, that's a, that's a really smart thing to do. And it's because I didn't want to make a choice between one, one or the other. And if I had to make that choice, I would just put all my money in a savings. If I'm being completely honest, the reason is my, I, I, my business is going to far outperform mar- the market. And so that's where, and, and hopefully that made sense and I can, we can. So it eat- kind of did. So I'm going I'm to try to break it down into words that, that I might understand better. Okay. So when you invest in this specific kind of life insurance that you're talking about, you put money into it. So like yep. a Roth IRA, I put my money in, it's an or asset, or I right. have the money, or it's in the Roth IRA. Yep. What you're saying about this, and, and this is what I understood last time too, is I put my money into it and I can borrow against it and use that money at the same time. But according to them, the money's still in there. Because I've borrowed against it. So I have leverage. Um, So the money's in there. It's theoretically growing, accruing interest. And at the same time, I borrow against it. Here's the question. Does borrowing against it in the fees of borrowing against it cancel out the amount that you're earning on it? I have to assume the answer is no, but I want to hear you say why. Well, so let's let's assume you're going to earn 4%. And let's say borrowing against your money is going to, you have to pay 5%. If you look at that from like one year, you're like, why would I do that? Why would I only earn 4% and pay an extra 1%? And, the, 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 and this is really, really important that you get and the audience gets is that's not a fair analysis. We have to understand if you're borrowing someone else's money at 5%, the activity that you do with that money needs to provide more than 5%. For instance, if you, if you borrow at 5% and invest in a real estate property at 12%, that's 140% rate of return because you're using leverage. Got it. And so what you, what, what really have, what you really have to do is why does it make sense to earn four and, and pay five? It doesn't that year, but we're playing a lifetime game, not a one year game. Because what and, you're doing is you're paying five, earning four and earning 12. Maybe, or maybe earning a hundred or being stupid and losing 50. I don't know. Fair but enough. The, but the idea is 
The idea is either you can keep your money liquid. I love this. I'm going to play this for so many people who've been annoying me the last few months. The idea is, no, I, I, I gotta, I've got to compliment you um, because you know how to explain it. You understand this so well yeah. that I, I really believe you know how, not only how to do it, but how to also explain it to people, which is just right. amazing. Um, and it is very poorly understood. So I think what happens to so many people is they come into it with these big promises. No one really understands how the whole system works. Right. They put the money in, they borrow against it, but they borrow against it for living expenses. Yes. And then yes. they eat the money and they're like, that was stupid. That's literally, I've seen people do that. And they're like, that was the worst decision ever made because right. they didn't understand that the whole point is either you keep your money liquid so that you can use it for investment because they, they forgot presupposition number one, which is that this is not living money. This is right. investment money. This is money that you don't need to live on that you're going to use to invest for it to grow. Whether you invest right. it in your business, another business, another financial instrument, it doesn't matter. This is investment money. And so its purpose is to have it grow. And so what this does is if I just had it liquid and I had something to do with it that would get me 7%, great, I'll get seven. But if I put it in here, it gets 4%. I borrow against it at five, so I'm at minus one but I can still use it for a plus seven. So I'm just at a plus six. So someone would say, one second, why should it be a plus six instead of plus seven? Where did I win? I won because next year, the 4% is still going. Now I've paid back that minus five piece. The 4% never stopped, it keeps going. Yes, yeah, I'm seeing it click. And here's, here's, here's a couple other things that I wanna mention. Number one is we are helping people save more money. And you know why, because you can, I was, I would not be able to save six figures a year if I didn't have control over it. So if I was going to put my money in a retirement account, I would maybe save a, a one fifth of that. And maybe it's going to get a better rate of return, but not only do I not have access to that, but it's going to, it, 8% on 20 grand is a lot different than 4% on a hundred. Think about that for a second. So we're able yeah. to help people save more money. We're also playing a lifetime game, not just a retirement game. Do you realize that it's common practice to save till retirement and take your money out? If Albert Einstein actually said, which he didn't, but if he actually said that the eighth one of the world is compound interest, why in the world would you ever want to stop that? That's number two. That's a really funny line. <laughs> like, why would you ever want to stop that? And yet we're taught that it's, we, should, we should take our money out because that's, that's you know, and, and when set up and used properly, you're never stopping the compound growth. And then the third thing is, and this is deep, but I, we got deep, is when set up and used properly, life insurance is tax-free, okay? Which, by the way, you live in California. Hello. Like, yeah, yeah. Anything that's tax-free tax could be already sounds to your pretty wealth. to my ears. <laughs> okay. It will not lose money, which is also beneficial because we're in a vault. Right now, the market's doing awesome, but wouldn't you want a place that you save your money to be safe? And then the third thing is because of the permanent increasing death benefit, we, with those three combinations, we, it will enhance any other investment you have, whether you have money in the market, whether you're going to sell a business, whether you have real estate, whether you have an annuity, by having that asset, you will be able to get more money. So maybe it only earns a taxable equivalent of 6%, but in another account, you would have to earn 9% just to come out with the same cash flow as your life insurance. And oh, by the way, the life insurance gives you access and control of all your money throughout your life versus the other account says like you doesn't. So when we, when we start and asset.com, we're going to, we'll have a call to action at the end of this. We like, we have so many educational videos on this because it's so important that you get that. And then there's some people that are like, Caleb, 
I just, you got me at hello control. I got you. Like, <laughs> and so we, we have people, you know, we want to serve you and help you live to your highest potential. And we know that this is not everyone's passion, but I'm telling you, if you understand money, you understand money, it will serve you and help you serve other people in just a radical and amazing way. And that's, that's why we get up. And so that's why I'm so excited. And that's why I'm always smiling. Not because this is like some easy thing. And if I wanted easy, I would just be a typical financial planner. Right. Like, let, no one argues with you. If you tell, like tell someone to, to put their money in a diversified account, it's very unpopular what we're doing. The reason I'm doing that is I've seen people live lives change. My life has been changed through this. And if you talk to anyone on my team, they're a massive believer in what we're doing. And and you've seen that because you met my team. I met your team, but, yes. So yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Totally. So one second. So here's another question that, that I know um, people say and bring up about it, which is that it takes a loss for the first few years, right? So you put yes. your money in. Let's say I put $10,000 in. In year one, I don't have $10,000 sitting there. I have right. less money because they've taken money out for the quote unquote life insurance benefits, right. even if you make them minimal. So year one, I put in 10K. What do I actually have sitting there? It all depends, but let's just say 7,000 for now. Right. Yeah. Then that 7,000 in year one, I put in 10 and people say, well, I just lost three. Okay. Yep. And then year, and then, but I could still borrow the seven. I could probably even borrow a little more against it, but I for sure could borrow the seven. Yep. Okay. And I borrow that from somewhere else, possibly at another rate. Year two, what does it look like? Okay. So I love that you ask all these questions. So the question that when people ask me, Caleb, what are the catches to this? The two things that I'm very honest with people is the two things that would cause you not to do this is number one, your health. And there's ways around that, but not everyone can qualify. And if you're not healthy, you, we can maybe get your spouse, or your business partner, or maybe you have a child or you have, you have to have someone that you have what's called an insurable interest. But not everyone qualifies. The second thing is you don't have dollar for dollar liquidity in the first couple of years. What do I mean by that is I mean that if you put in you know, money into a, into a policy, $10,000 as our example, you don't have access to 100% of that in the first couple of years, okay? Now, what, what we, there's, two, there's two type of um, ways to analyze this. I like to go off of the actual break even because if you actually go to the break even, that's, that's like no BS, this is where you break even and we're looking at year six or seven. And by the way, like we, there's ways to design lump sum strategies. I'm just being super basic. Yeah. Let's just say six or seven, meaning that at year seven, you put in $70,000 and now you have cash values of 70,000. And someone would say, this plan is finally getting good. And that's just the person that's short term. Like the only reason you care about break even is if you want to cash it out. The only reason that matters if, is if you didn't care about the plan <laughs> to begin with, because you are setting up an engine. It's just when you put that $10,000 in, that $10,000 is going to work for you the rest of your life. You just don't have access to the full $10,000 immediately to utilize. And if that is a problem, this is not a great strategy for you because I don't necessarily recommend people leveraging every single dollar. Like I have a lot of money just saved and I'm not actively using, not because I'm a bad steward or don't see opportunities. I just know the value of controlling capital. And I don't, I don't like when my clients leverage every single penny. And just because I find that in, it just causes a lot of stress for me and them and, and usually, but, but if that's you, this is not going to be a great strategy for you. Um, even though we can get a lot more liquidity if we design lump sum strategies and there's a lot of other cool things, but that hopefully that breaks down the lack of lack of liquidity kind of. And, uh, and really after year three, you're putting in your money and your accounts increasing by what you've put in. And every year after that, it, it, it 
gets higher, but the real break evens around six or seven. Got it. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode. Stay tuned for part two going live Thursday. And of course, subscribe. You do not want to miss it.